Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of RTA Radio, the podcast focused on self-care, self-sustainability, and self-liberation. I am your host, Silas Soul, and as usual, I am joined by the lovely and talented Jackie Kerouac. Hello. Oh, my dear God, you came in really hot on that one. What the hell happened? Your audio was fine up until now. Uh, well, yeah, anyway, we're here. <laughs> We're a little late with this month's episode, and uh, as you could probably tell by the audio recording, we're doing things a little differently this month. Usually, we have the opportunity to record in person together. This month just wasn't possible, hence the reason we're late. Before we get started, as always, we are covered by the BIPCAT No Government License. This allows for use and reuse by anyone except governments and the agents thereof. You can find out more information about this at BIPCAT.org. All right. So anyway, we're here. Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, okay. You're coming in really loud. Jesus Christmas. I don't don't, know how. You're like screaming into the microphone. Please stop. I'm not. Okay. That's better. Okay. I'll I'll move away. Got it. Okay. I don't know. You were coming in fine during our conversation before. But anyway, we're here. We apologize for the delay. Normally, we try to get these episodes out as the new issues of RTA magazine come out. But this month, we had all sorts of difficulties. I I ended up stuck. Oh, this this all started because I got stuck in Houston back at the end of February, I think, and everything just got pushed back from there. And uh, it's been a kind of wild ride the last couple of months for work and whatnot. But we're going to try to get this done here, and hopefully we'll actually have one an episode coming out for next month's issue too. But for this month, uh, well, last month now, a couple of weeks ago, the issue was all about agorism. So I guess we should talk a little bit about that. That's exciting. I, uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy with the issue. Uh, since it is a couple of uh, weeks already published, it turned out to be a really banging issue. A lot of people came forward with some cool stuff. Yeah, I kind of barely remember it at this point because I proofed it all <laughs> weeks ago. It seems and like forever ago. I know, I know. Lots has happened. So I don't even remember what we had in there, but uh, agorism I can talk about. I mean, heck, something I've been trying to do for a long time. It's uh, it's interesting. I it's it's one of agorism is one of those things that, you know, when uh, S uh, what was it SK three or whatever the heck they call him, Samuel Conkin, uh, the guy who the kind of kind of kind of quote unquote invented agorism. Although, as we've learned from our friends at the Vanu podcast. He kind of stole some of those ideas from Rayo. Uh, of course, Rayo also stole some of his ideas from other people. I mean, you know, standing on the backs of giants, that whole thing. Right, um, right. But there was, I know there was a, a heated debate for a while with uh, some agorists who like to think that, you know, Kanka came up with all this on his own. He had no help from anybody else. But there, ha- you know, our, our, our buddy Rayo, too, too, over at the Vanu podcast, he's kind of, uncovered some documents over the years that have kind of shown that no uh Konkin was fully aware of Rayo and uh what he was doing and I mean heck Rayo put out put out his stuff when Konkin was I think Konkin was still a teenager so you know he definitely had some influence there but you know I've read I've read a lot of Konkin stuff I'm a big fan of the just the general idea of agorism Vanu all these things you know they're just different slightly different strategies for how to manage this crazy world and try to become more free and you know i've 
considered myself an agorist for quite a few years now, uh, just in general, just because, you know, even when I was still running my, my business back in New York, I eventually gave up on playing within the system and told my clients that, you know, we're going to have to work things a little differently now. And, uh, you know, no longer accepting checks or credit card payments or anything like that. And I was trying to take myself off the radar and I was quite successful for that, uh, that for a couple of years before I finally closed everything down and got out on the road. And even these days, I mean, technically I have a job, but we've found creative ways for me to get paid and I'm working on making them even more creative <laughs> as we finally convinced the, uh, the guy I rent the van from we've, we've convinced him to get into the world of cryptocurrency. And now he's all sorts of excited about it. He's buying it on his own. So hopefully yeah. at some point, hopefully at some point soon, I'll be getting at least part, part of my pay in, in, in crypto again, which would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the, the whole general idea, you know, just working, working outside the system. I mean, Konkin's idea was that agorism was going to be the way to kind of defeat the state. And I know for a while, I kind of thought that too. And it's funny, uh, another podcast I listened to, uh, one of my favorites, Free Man Beyond the Wall with uh, Pete Quinones. He went through a stage last year when the whole COVID thing hit where he all of a sudden, like he had brushed off agorism for years and finally got really into it and was like, this is it. This is the solution. This is what we need to do. And he kind of focused all of his energy on that. And then months later, he realized, oh, that was kind of stupid. It's <laughs> and he had to publicly announce, OK, that was a bad idea. Yes, it's a wonderful tool, but it's not the only one. So, you know, and uh, I know a lot of people have gone through those kind of growing pains where you kind of think you find the answer but there is no one answer but agorism itself just the idea of counter economics working outside the state work in the black and gray markets doing everything you can to keep the uh, prying eyes of the state off of you uh, in your business dealings and whatnot um you know i i think it's a, a solid solid plan and i know it's become a lot more popularized especially in the past couple of years so i see a lot more people working that and a lot of people actually engage in the in some of these tactics even some of the a lot of the normies they engage in it without even realizing it if you have you know if you're somebody even if you're a normie <laughs> who has a uh, you know you have a garden or you have some animals and you sell your, you know, eggs or, 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 or fruits and vegetables to your neighbors or your friends and stuff like that. And you get a little something, something on the side, you know, you're not, you're not involved in uncle Sam, you're not involved in the tax man, anything like that. You're engaging in agorism. <laughs> and that, that's why I think it, like I said, I, I don't believe it's the only answer, but it's definitely one of the, one of the most powerful tools and so powerful that people do it without even realizing it. What say you to that Dharma? Oh, Jackie, Jesus, look at, look at me. I'm yelling at you about using our names. <laughs> uh, no, that's exactly right. I think, uh, I think the beauty of agorism is just how differently it can look. And that bodes well for the normies because it doesn't have to look so extreme. It can look uh, just like gardening, like a gardening co-op. It can look like Timmy mowing your lawn. I mean, it can, it can look like just about anything as long as everyone's in agreement. And that's, what's beautiful about it. Yeah. 
and the, and the, and the mowing the lawn thing that's even that, that that's something I I didn't even you know I mean I I know it but it didn't come to mind originally too. Kids are involved in this stuff too. Kids can be little agorists without even realizing it. They don't they don't necessarily have to know the terminology. They just have to know hey I'm going to do do a job for uh, Mr. So and So down the street or Mrs. So and So up the street and they're going to pay me a little money and uh, you know I'm going to get to go buy some things that I want and uh, it's a beautiful beautiful thing. It really is. And, and it's, it's, it's funny because you mentioned that even normies do it. Well, absolutely they do. I mean, most kids have an allowance. Most kids have chores that they agree to do in exchange for money or stuff or uh, experiences. And so uh, that's, that's homemade agorism right there. And it's so interesting to watch uh, normies or statists or, or the mainstream parent their children uh, because they have such a weird dichotomy. It's like they support agorism with allowance and chores and, and whatnot and getting creative with raising the kid and teaching them responsibility, but then lose it when it comes to the authoritarian parenting or the helicopter parenting. So it's like, it's like the status are so close <laughs> and then the indoctrination takes over. Yeah, well, that happens in a lot of aspects. Although, you know, now I'm thinking about: do kids even get an allowance anymore? I mean, I, I, I mean, I know kids get, you know, pe- parents buy things for their kids, but they, do they even do that anymore? I mean, I remember yeah. back in the, I remember back because you, you know, you're talking about. I, I, I grew up just before the helicopter parenting thing really took hold because I think that's kind of like the whole helicopter parenting model was more like late 80s to early mid 90s maybe that's when it started somewhere when it where it became really prominent because i mean when i grew up we were still allowed to go out and you know my mom was relatively protective of us but you know i was allowed to go out riding bikes with my friends didn't have to check in for a while you know the whole you know being when the street light streets street lights kick on type of thing you know but you can go off and do things you know my friends and i would go up into the mountains and camp for the weekend and you know at 12 13 14 years old and then we'd be you know we'd be allowed to do that these days you'd, you'd barely find a parent who'd be willing to let their kids do that yeah. um uh but you know i but i but i i i so i was part of that generation and I did get an allowance, but geez, now thinking back at it, I remember how cheap my dad was. I mean, we started off like I think <laughs> I think I think we got we got we got our our allowance increased according to our age, and it was like in quarter, like literally in twenty five cent increments. <laughs> <laughs> like he had some formula figured out that however old we are. Um, so, you know, if I started at 10, I guess I was getting, you know, like two fifty or something. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he, I, I, I mean, I will say my, he was trying to teach me response, me and my sister's responsibility. And he was trying to teach us the value of money, um, in his own way. Um, and I, I mock him for it, but I, I do. Cause it's funny this morning, I was at a dog park with wonder mutt and the uh the topic of air conditioning came up and the whole idea of how i'm one of those crazy people who like doesn't use the air conditioner until it's absolutely necessary and even then i'll push it i mean now i do so more for the dog than i do for me (laughs) but i uh but it's all because my dad was that crazy guy who in the age before timers used to wake up used to set used to let the air conditioner run overnight but then he figured out exactly when he had to wake up in the morning to turn it off (laughs) <laughs> so that the house would just start to warm up as we were all clearing out to go to work and school in the morning. 
So he would literally wake himself up at like four, four thirty in the morning, turn the air conditioner off and then go back to sleep for an hour or so before he got up for work. And then if you didn't want to get out of the house, well, it was going to start to get warm after a while. <laughs> but that kind of that kind of weirdly got ingrained in me where I just like refused to use the air conditioner unless I absolutely had to. Like even when I had my house. I would use the air conditioners for the dogs that I had that I was dog sitting for before I would use it for me used to drive my ex absolutely nuts. And obviously I had to change a little bit when the kids came along, but you know, I, th there was plenty of time people would come over to visit me. It'd be 90 plus degrees. They'd come over, they'd find me passed out on a leather couch with no shirt on, but I was just oh. you know, no air conditioning. And I'm just, and I'd wake up and they're like, Oh my God, aren't you hot? And I was like, Whoa, what are you talking about? It's fine in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress that whole, you know, so like I said, he did try to instill these things in me. It's just, uh, he did it in his own way. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, like I said, I didn't even think of that either, that, that, that whole scheme, that whole allowance scheme. Yeah. That's kind of agoristic too. But, yeah, absolutely. But, but, but that was the question. Do, do, do people even do that anymore? I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think I'm pretty sure I don't give my kids an allowance. I mean, I send my kids money, but I don't think I give them an allowance. Do you give, do you give yours, do you give your daughter allowance? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, I, oh, mean, okay. well, I, I do when she does her chore. So that really is totally dependent on her and there are weeks where she doesn't get paid at all and she's very aware uh so i pretty much leave it up to her it's not really a it's not really a thing but when she does her chores i absolutely pay her oh. well she doesn't really have to worry about it anymore i mean she's bitcoin rich thanks to she me. is bitcoin rich. She, she reminds <laughs> me of that just every chance she gets she's like thanks, you know thanks to, thanks to me and my big mouth and going oh you won't be able to do that sure i'll bet you up some bitcoin for that <laughs> She's a shark, man. She she makes you believe that she can't do it. And then she just comes out of nowhere and does it. And you're like, what? Yeah, well, like I said, I, you know, I try to honor all my bets. So I lost that one. And there you go. She has her Bitcoin now. But but anyway, yeah. So, OK, so so you do. And I'm sure there are people out there that do the allowance thing. I just you don't hear about it as much anymore. And maybe that has something to do with the helicopter parenting. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're exactly related or, you know, it's kind of related or whatnot, but I mean, I guess it would make sense. The more you try to control your kids, the less you're willing to give them things so they can go, go out and do it on their own. Right. I don't know if it's a control thing or if it's like a, like a entitlement thing. So many people are like trying to make up for their own childhood. And I'm guilty of this to an extent that they overcorrect and uh, become like, you can do whatever you want type parents because, you know, I, I was raised so strict that I'm going to be the opposite of strict now. Well, that would be the, complete, that would be the complete opposite of helicopter parenting. Exactly. Uh, so I'm not sure which one, or maybe both, maybe both scenarios, but, um, I don't know if it's helicopter parenting or if it's just entitlement type parenting. I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I, I know there's people that, I mean, I kind of had that attitude when my kids were born. Not, not. I mean, my dad was kind of strict and I kind of wanted to let my kids do, I kind of wanted them to figure out things on their own. And I didn't, I mean, I wanted to be able to give them guidance, but I just wanted to be, oh, you know, if you're going to fall down, you know, you're going to fall down. You're, you're going to figure it out. You're going to have to get up somehow. And, yeah. uh, you know, that type of thing. But I, I don't know. I mean, the, the helicopter parenting thing became very, uh, very predominant for a long time and i think it still is and i think uh 
you know, the crazier the world gets, the more people like that just want to grab tighter onto their children. And I mean, in theory, most people, I mean, they'll say it. And I think a lot of most people believe it to a certain extent. Yeah, they want to give a better life to their children than they had. But, you know, the crazier the world gets, and especially now in the age of fucking COVID, when, uh, you know, there's so many paranoid parents out there. I don't know what the hell they're letting their kids do any day, these days. I mean, I've, I, I'm, I've still been traveling around the country and it just makes me so sad every time I, I go somewhere and I see kids. I don't even remember where I was recently, but I was it in Arizona. It might have. Been, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even in like California or New York, but it was somewhere. It was some state that was relatively open and had, you know, res, you know, lessen their restrictions and, and their mandates and all that stuff. And I was just walking through a town with uh with wonder Mutt. we were on a walk and we passed these kids playing out in the playground during you know at school all of them with masks on and i was like oh you gotta be really you people are still doing this like this is just insane they're outside playing in the nice weather and you've got them wearing freaking masks um i mean we were out in california recently and we saw that we were up in san jose and there was a uh, soccer practice going on and all but the last kid running in line were wearing masks as they were running. And I was just like, oh, this is just like I I had to walk away because I was going to get into a fight with the coach. <laughs> 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 I had nothing to do with it. None of them were my kids. But I was just going to start screaming at this guy like, what the hell are you doing, man? I don't care what they tell you the stupid mandates are. That's just ridiculous. That's just punishing the poor child. Let them be. Um. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. But anyway, getting back to the topic at hand of agorism, <laughs> now that we've drifted so far away from that. Um, yeah, the, I mean, it's like you said, you you do you do the the allowance thing. I guess there, I'm sure there are still parents that are out there that do it, but they don't. I guess they necessarily don't. They don't need to know the words. They don't need to know the lingo if they're doing it. Um, I mean, like you said, there's a disconnect, so they, they may not, they'll, they'll do that in one area and not in another, but you know, hopefully these little nuggets of things will get through to the kids and they'll figure it out at some point and go, Oh, wait a minute. I can, uh, you know, cause I, I know me when I used to get my allowance as paltry as it was, uh, when I started working at I think 14, yeah. Cause in Pennsylvania, we, you were allowed to legally work at 14. So I had my first real job at 14 years old and uh i remember the first time i got my paycheck and they took and they and the taxes came out i was like i was very dumbfounded because well, yeah because the, they don't teach you about that in school um they don't teach you and you got to deal with that and i'd have my dad explain to me who the fuck fico was and why they were taking all my goddamn money uh <laughs> but uh you know that, that's definitely a wake-up call unfortunately for me it took me a, a, a few few more years after that to finally realize well wait a minute i don't want to play their games at all anymore so hopefully that the newer generations of kids if they are if they are in a family who does give who does give them allowance for chores or whatever maybe they'll start to figure it out sooner and go wait a minute i used to get paid for getting to doing work and i got all the money now i got to give it to somebody else this doesn't seem right Oh, I think that's exactly right. I think agorism is, is perfectly understood by children. Uh, B understands agorism perfectly. She understands that she does something, she gets something in return. We both agree. And she's a very good negotiator. So she often counters to, to make her deal a little bit sweeter. 
And uh, once we've negotiated and we both mutually agree, she knows that that happens, that, that we exchange either a service or a product or, or whatever. It's perfectly understood by kids. It's the adults that have the disconnect. The kids are totally on it. You know, I mow your lawn and you give me a video game. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense, too, because I mean, I, I've I've long since stated that, you know, everybody's born an anarchist and it's just like the state beats it, beats that out of most people. Um you know, so ki yeah, ki kids inherently understand this stuff. When I was, uh, when I was one of those naptards who was all high up on the non-aggression principle and thinking that was the high and holy mark for everybody, um, I kind of came to the same realization. Well, kids realize this stuff, you know, the whole don't, you know, you teach, you teach, your, you know, well, hopefully you do. Not everybody does, but hopefully you teach your kids not to, not to hit people and not to take their stuff, you know uh you know you could share your stuff with people you could ask people to share their stuff with you but don't just go taking it you know and kids kind of inherently understand that you know as long as they're brought up in a in a decent setting they understand that you know what's mine is mine what's what yours is yours you know we can share our things but you know we kind of keep to ourselves and we don't buy you know we don't we don't bother each other and then unfortunately they're most of them are thrust into the uh government schooling system where they're bullied constantly by the by their peers, by the, by the uh, teachers, by the administrators, by everybody. And then that all kind of gets beaten out of them. And then they are learned to conform. But uh, up until that point, they understand these things perfectly well. But like you said, like you were saying before, you know, the, the pet, there's that disconnect where parents will, they still kind of understand some of these things, but then everything else, they kind of, they, they throw it all out the window. Cause that that's how they were brought up. Exactly. And, and they just think this, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what I was taught to do. This is what you're going to have to do. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just, that's just bad news for humanity. I mean, that's kind of why we're in the position we're in right now, but absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we've said on, on previous issues that um, statism is perpetuated by how we parent our children. And we parent our children in a way that's conducive for the state to exist. We parent our children with this is what I say and this is because. We parent our children without logic, without compassion, without love. We parent our children with authority. And, you know, as they grow, it's the parents that beat it out of them before they even get to school. And school kind of finishes the job. School is like the last nail in their coffin. But it's the parents and we need to educate the parents on how to be better parents. Yeah. Well, that, that's a, that's a tall order. Um, <laughs> yes. well, luckily a lot, you know, there, ha I mean, despite all the craziness of COVID, there has been a, a shift that I've seen that, you know, a lot of people are taking steps, whether they realize it or not, you know, a lot of people, who never had any intention of pulling their kids out of school now have and are not yes. and are not sending them back yes and that's a good thing that's and, an amazing thing you know and i i think i think that's going to go a long way i mean it may take another generation or two but i think i i think that's going to have a huge impact and I, i'm pretty sure we've, we've talked about this on previous episodes but you know I've been saying since the beginning of the whole COVID hysteria that 
once I got a handle on things and realized what was actually going on and I could kind of see behind the curtain, everybody I talked to who was panicked and was saying, oh, my God, this is the end. They're going to institute all this stuff. And while they have tried to, I've been saying for over a year now that guys breathe, take a step back, recognize that these motherfuckers have overstepped. They have pushed way too hard, way too fast. And you're going to see there's going to be a backlash. And a lot of people poo-pooed me and told me that I was crazy and no, no, no. Everybody's just going to conform. And to, in certain aspects, they did. But there's been a lot of pushback that people don't realize because it doesn't get played on the news. If you don't travel the country like I do, you may not see it. If you're stuck in one city all the time or one town or whatever, where everybody there just happens to be conforming to the stupid rules and, and just going along to get along or whatever, or, or they're crazy Karens who are screaming about everything, whatever, you don't see what I've seen as I've traveled the country and I've seen the pushback. And I've seen the people that are just like, screw this, man. Like even people that are hard, they're hardcore sadists. We're just like, no, wait a minute. This, this isn't right. Something's wrong here. And, uh, you know, like I said, it may take another couple of generations, but I, I really think that the powers that be really overplayed their hand on this one and uh, down the road, it's going to be a benefit to us. I agree. And, and we've seen that just locally in the community. Um, RTA is, is holed up on uh, the western slope of Colorado. And uh, we have seen a lot of the community homeschool. A lot of the local homeschooling groups have uh, unanimously uh, all announced their surprise with how well their children are doing now that they're homeschooled. Kids that parents really kind of just dropped off in school and just kind of went through the motions are now finding out how brilliant their kids are now that they're being homeschooled. And so I think you're right. I think little missteps on the part of Uncle Sam has really paved an entire new uh, generation of potential anarchists. And their parents are starting to wake up to things that don't make sense. And they're starting to notice how uh, it just, it, it doesn't mesh. And so they're, they're rising up and it's really cool to see. Yeah. And like I said, give, give it a, give it a, you know, another decade or so. And, you might be people might be surprised on how uh how how uh defiant the average person starts to become uh with the more you know the more they try to clamp down the more people are gonna go nah you know what i'm just gonna go over here and do my thing with my friends and my my little community that we're forming and we've you know we've talked about this obviously before too in previous episodes and previous issues about the you know the growing number of from within within our communities but also in, 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 in other communities too, the, uh, you know, the whole idea of co-ops are starting to make a comeback. Um, the, you know, we yes. have, we have, we have our, we have our friends in, in, in Pasnia out in, out in Illinois. There's now other Pasnias popping up around the country. There's the freedom cell network that, uh, we, you know, we've connected with, with our, with our friends over in Oklahoma, these things are starting to pop up more and more and more. And it's not just, hardcore anarchists that's you know it, it started to spread into even people with you know people that were normally like you know big l libertarians or even some conservatives i've come across or you know even on the flip side some of the some of the people on the left that i've i've come in contact with 
they're starting to shift in that direction too. They have different ideals. They have different methods, but people are starting to shift away and starting to recognize. And, you know, like I said, they, they engage in things like this and in agorism without even realizing it. And I am, I'm honestly at this point, after a year plus of the COVID nonsense, I am probably more hopeful for the future than I have been in the past five plus years. I can see that. Because I, I came to the realization years ago that, you know, I, you know, I've talked about this before that I was a, when I did, when I discovered anarchy and I figured, and I started putting all the pieces together and stuff like that, I became very militant about it, yelled at everybody about it. Anybody who didn't want to listen to me or didn't want to believe me, I would just, you know, berate them and, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I had all the answers and they were just not listening and that therefore they were stupid and they were worthless and then I didn't need them. And then I got very down on things because I saw that while the communities and the movement or whatever were slowly growing, I didn't think there was any hope. And, you know, I was like, well, it's just never going to happen. And then I came to that realization years ago to like, well, you know what? I may not see it in my lifetime, so, but that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop. It's, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to change my tactics. I'm going to change my focus, but I'm still going to work towards this because if people don't do it now, then it's just going to take even longer for things, these things take hold. So, well, I might as well try to put in what I can now to help, you know, hopefully my kids and, you know, their kids and whatnot uh, have a better chance at freedom. And there was this big weight lifted off of me when I when I did that, where I thought I was going to be even more depressed about saying, well, I'm never going to see it. So what's the point? Well, it's like, well, no, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for their kids. Um, But I but at the same time, I was kind of like, well, this is, you know, well down the road. I'm going to try to carve out my little bit of freedom. But, you know, nobody not enough people are going to come along. And I kind of just stopped paying attention to the rest of the world. and. I said, uh, you know, whatever. They're kind of they're they're kind of hopeless. But now, after going through all this crap and seeing seeing all this pushback and seeing these changes people are making, like I said, whether they recognize what it is they're actually doing, whether they understand the 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 words like we do, you know, the the words and the meanings behind them like we do, even if they don't, they're they're starting to shift that way. And now all of a sudden, you know, for the first time in years, I I have hope because I've seen this, and even. You know, even the what, what's the what's the latest generation now? What are we up to now? Are they the Zoomers or the I don't know who the hell they are. Um, oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. The generation well, Z, maybe. Yeah. Well, the ones that came after the millennials, they're, uh, you know, a lot of them are shifting uh, towards, I guess, what we consider leftist ideas, but they're also pushing back in their own way, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, you know. I've long been a fan of the idea of panarchy because I kind of think if, if it's ever going to happen on a large scale, that's, that's how it's going to have to work. It's not going to be just one, you know, it's not going to be an ANCAP world. Sorry, ANCAPs. It's not going to be an ANCOM world. Sorry, ANCOMs. It's not going to be any of those things. There's going to be pockets of people do, getting together in their own little communities and doing things their way and trying to find a way to coexist with other communities that may not agree with them on everything, but on, but agree enough to be able to trade with each other to live in some kind of harmony. So 
I have no problem with these kids doing, you know, what they're doing as long as, as long as they're finding ways to even in, even inadvertently get around the system or find ways to uh, work outside of it. You know, that's great. That that's all positive stuff. And I, I really, I, like I said, I, I have more hope now than I have had in years. And uh, that's a, that's a beautiful thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. And, and you are seeing a lot of pushback and you're seeing people get creative and you're seeing people get defiant and it's human nature to kind of want to carve your own path. And it's nice that people are doing that. Um, in previous issues, we've covered a lot of what you talked about. We've, we've tried to cover panarchy. We've had panarchy discussions on anarchy radio. Uh, we've really tried to encourage people, even in the Facebook chats, to find common ground somewhere, you know, trade with these people if you can trust them, uh, if, if they have a good product and, and they're a good person and you want to do business with them, do it, um, you know, just get creative and, and no one should be able to approve your sale if there's two adults making an exchange of service or product, you should just be able to do it. And I think this has definitely brought out a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit with people that are being told, no, you can't, uh, you can't make booze. You have to make hand sanitizer. I think people are kind of like, fuck that and finding their own way. And that's really encouraging. And, um, it's, it's nice to kind of see little pockets bloom. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. And the, and the, the whole entrepreneurial thing too. I mean, that, that's kind of, it's a lot of people have been forced into it out of necessity mm-hmm. because, you know, whether they were told, you know, you have to make this certain thing or what, or more, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs, lost their businesses. Um, you know, again, I was just talking about this with some folks this morning here in South Texas, a couple of people who had just moved to the area recently were remarking, how they had just gotten here and it seemed kind of sad that they saw that a lot of a lot of places are still as of now closed down and it looks like they're never going to open up again and that's happened a lot all over the country unfortunately and you know i mean we've talked about this stuff before and obviously it's been horrible for people and uh, unfortunately some people have gotten you know really really desperate about that and ended up you know the, the su- suicide numbers are up and stuff like that but a lot of people out of necessity, even people who never thought of being any type of entrepreneur have been like, well, crap, the government's not letting me do my job. What am I going to do? I have to support myself. I have to support my family, whatever their situation is. And yeah, people are starting to little businesses, uh, you know, side hustles are becoming, you know, the main, the main driver now for these people. And, uh, it's, you know, like I said, they, they may not understand what they're actually doing, but they're helping our cause <laughs> while the, while they're helping themselves, they're actually leading themselves, uh, to a more free situation. And, uh, you know, we can only hope that once it, once, uh, things settle down a little bit, they don't fall back too much, you know? I'm sure I'm sure there's some of those people who will start those businesses and then go, okay, well, now I got to figure out how I got to do my taxes with this and how I got to pay. I got to pay my tithing to the government, you know, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people that are like, well, you know what? Screw this. They screwed me over. 
They, you know, they destroyed my business that I worked so hard for. Why am I going to give them anything? And they're going to find ways to start doing more agorist business on their own. And, uh, you know, who knows? Someday they may actually become anarchists. So they're definitely on the path. I think a lot of these people uh, had that image of daddy government takes care of me. I do what daddy says. And I, I basically my allowance is my freedom, according to the state. And these people have this like image of, you know, the government wants to support me. The government wouldn't hurt me. The government wants what's best for me. And, and during COVID, I think they started to realize real quick that, wait a minute, I need a permit to sell lemonade on my property. Wait a minute. I need a permit to go to a state park but wait a minute, you're closing the state park because of a cult? Wait a minute. And I think a lot of these wait a minutes are adding up for these people. And I think a lot of that, um, that discovering of, of who really is government and the government is, is basically peeling the veil off of some people without even realizing they're doing it, which is fantastic for us. Yeah, well, like I said, they, they, I, I've, they, they overplayed their hand. And yeah, it's funny. Uh, just the, actually, I think it was, was it yesterday or the day before uh, I was still over in Arizona. I was, we were in Phoenix and uh, Wonder Mutt and I were at a dog park and we were talking to a couple of women who were, who were the, who were the exact type of people that you were talking about. People that were normally, you know, had their jobs, paid their taxes, did all their stuff. And then whatever industry they were in COVID shut the, you know, the government shut them down because of the COVID BS and this one woman was telling me, she's like, I still haven't got like she actually was, you know, qualified for all of, you know, all of whatever the stupid uh, COVID payment, you know, the COVID COVID checks and stuff like or Trump bucks or whatever the fuck they call them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she was saying that she has not received any of them yet. And she was approved for unemployment on top of it. And they still haven't sent her that money. Oh, wow. And she's like, she's like, she's like, I've been dealing with this for a year. She's like, I finally just had to go out. And she just started going out and making side hustles. And then the other woman that I was talking to was saying, she was she's like, yeah, that's crazy. She's like, I, I did get the one check, but then they didn't get me the other one. And I just decided to say, screw it. I started trying to, you know, she was actually, it was, I, I we got her and I got to talking because she was looking into starting her own type of uh, pet sitting business. So I was giving her all sorts of tips about that. And, uh, you know, they both seem very keen on the idea. You know, I didn't drop the I didn't drop the A word. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even really go into my I, I kind of danced around my whole philosophy without actually trying to scare them off. Yeah. But these were just two very normal women, you know, who I don't think ever get really gave a thought to any of this. And they were very receptive to what to what to the co whole conversation, because I was kind of. I kind of let them lead themselves to it that it's like, yeah, you know, you did everything right. You played by the rules. You did, you know, you fought, you, you, you did everything they said and look what happened. And now you're in a bind. What do you do? Okay. You find ways to support yourself. And you know what, if you don't have, you know, you don't give them money for it, then you know what, you don't give them money for it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you keep things on the DL and you find ways and they, they, you know, you can see their eyes light up with the, with the recognition and the possibilities. And it's like, well, I did my part here today. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So yeah, it's, it's, it really has been great to see that, um, you know, like I said, through all the, 
through all the horror that the, the the governments have caused with this covid bullshit there is and are definitely some silver linings and i've been trying to tell a lot of my more pessimistic friends for this whole time that just just give it time just wait you're gonna see you're gonna see i know i know the people with the masks and i know the people just complying and i know <laughs> i get it but just give it time and now a year plus later we're starting to see some of the fruits of that and like i said it's going to probably take another generation or two but i really think this is going to have a giant impact on the future and um it just it to me it just doesn't matter how hard the fucking state tries to clamp down people are just going to keep slipping through their fingers and uh you know whether they become full bore full bore anarchists or not they're all going to start drifting towards that direction and you know someday someday before i leave this goddamn planet i may actually get to see a little more freedom than i thought originally and uh that that is a very good thing that's a great thing. And uh, I think we're all, we're, you know, we're all planting trees. You know, the people that plant trees never get to enjoy the shade. And so we're planting the trees and we're hoping that that tree is going to be a bitch and tree. And um, I do the same thing at work. You know, I drop little things and um, I think people are slowly finding out that it's a sham. And I think you're right. I think that that rift will grow. And um, it will produce some some pretty cool pockets of freedom. And um, that's exciting. It's exciting that people are starting to kind of regain their problem-solving skills. Yay. Yeah. Well, we had to start somewhere. So I love it. That, thanks for the assist, government. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like the government has made probably every solid anarchist uh, or just about like just either studying history or having them just attack you personally for for whatever but i feel like the government makes their own enemies just by being their delightful selves absolutely um all right well i'm looking at the time here i didn't want to go too long with this one since uh we're, we're kind of doing this on the fly but um was there anything from the actual issue that you can remember that you want to you want to bring up before we start getting wrapping up or no, I'm, it, it's a big issue. So um, if you haven't opened it up to read it yet, uh, definitely do so because it is chock full of stuff. Um, it's got a lot of tips about different markets, about how to kind of make agorism work for you and how to kind of mold it into your needs. So it's a really diverse, a really good issue, but it's long. So start reading it now because May is coming up pretty soon yeah that's true only a few more weeks and we'll have another issue hitting the, hit the stand so all right well i think uh i think we'll, we'll start wrapping up for this one then um so yes if you if you haven't checked out last month's issue of rta magazine please go ahead and do so uh of course if you manage to listen to this podcast and have not subscribed to the uh to the magazine well you need to do that right away uh it doesn't cost you anything but you know we do we do we do appreciate support if people want to give us that way so you know we do uh if anybody wants to support us through patreon um i think we have other methods too we just haven't actually set them up yet but if if you're somebody who's anti-patreon then uh which I, I i totally understand we we use it for its you know convenience and uh you know whatever it's there we're gonna use it 
uh, we may may shift over to other platforms at some point. But but for right now, you can if you want to. You can uh, support us through Patreon. Um, if if you're anti Patreon, then we do have other methods. You know, we can uh, you can PayPal some stuff. You can send us some crypto if you'd like. If you know, contact us. We'll be happy to give you uh, an, an address <laughs> for you to send us a little something something. Um, if you appreciate the work we do, you know, the whole value for value method, as uh, a lot of the other podcasters I know like to like to talk about. You know, if you find value in what we do, then uh, we'd appreciate a little value in return. You know, but. So with that, we will uh, we will get signing off. Um, as always, you can uh, you know check out the what is it? Uh, Jesus Christ, I can't even remember that. It's been so long. Now, what is it? RTAMagazine.com is that our is that our website these days? I forget. Yeah, RTAMagazine.com. So- That's right. Um, and of course, uh, if if you haven't yet, uh, go buy the book. Go buy Jackie's book. <laughs> you can find buy my book. You can find links for that on the website as well um and uh you know who are our sponsors these days we got sponsors we're supposed to be doing stuff about that too bitcoin cash yeah if you're bitcoin uh, cash yeah we have uh we'll have a bitcoin cash link for people to donate to rta magazine through bitcoin cash here pretty soon up on the website in the coming uh in the coming weeks we're we're getting that going well, yeah, but I but but it, but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, if you want to send it to us, that's great. But also, uh, if you're not using Bitcoin Cash, you may want to look into it. They are uh, one of the people who are generously sponsoring this this little endeavor of ours. Um, there's a great group of people who uh, are working on that cryptocurrency. Roger Veer, who is the I guess the still a face of uh, Bitcoin Cash, you know. I, I've always been a Bitcoin guy, but I I like Bitcoin Cash. It's definitely, you know. It uh it 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 goes a lot quicker. The transfers go a lot quicker. They're a lot cheaper, and yes. uh, it's it's an excellent form of digital currency, which was supposed to be the whole idea of Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin has kind of shifted more towards a store of value. Um, you know, more kind of like the crypto gold, as it were. Um, because you know the transfer fees, well, they get a little high. I get it. You know, a lot of people yeah. freak out about that, but for day to day purposes. Bitcoin Cash, definitely the way to go. Um, so yeah, um, with that, we will say goodbye. And uh, yeah, anything else to add, Miss Jackie? No, no, I think that's that's amazing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you everybody as always for listening, and we will hopefully be back relatively soon with the next uh, next episode. Um, but for now, we will say goodbye, and as always. Love, peace, and voluntary interaction for all. Isn't it a wonder? Crime is everywhere. Seems like nobody gives a damn. Love one another, your neighbor and yourself. You're